Hello boys, the game is on, and our first ever podcast set is all about to start. What kind of feelings it brings to you? Well, brings back memories when we last had discussions like this in English. Yeah, I'm really nervous, and I'm really in my discomfort zone. <laughs> uh, but I guess it's sometimes good to take the jump to the unknown. I definitely agree with you, and from my side, I'm excited and happy finally to start this journey with you guys. Yeah. Hey, I think it's fair to begin by telling something about ourselves. Anton, can you still remember the fierce rival we, we had uh, the first time we met? <laughs> yeah, how can I forget that one? The first impression that even it was a competition, it was easy to start to work with you, Juho, and I think that's the reason why we are you know, here and continuing our journey from Qatar, even we are now in Finland. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Hey, Pano, it took you a little bit longer to get to Qatar, but uh, do you still remember your first thoughts about the place? Yeah, when you opened the door from the airport, it's it was like sauna out there. It was very, very humid and, and warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, luckily it all turned out well and uh, we got unforgettable times of co-working and, and spending uh, time there in Qatar. Now, what was the main reason for you to launch this podcast? What do you think, Anton? Quite easy. Easy to answer here. The first of you, you guys, a lot of knowledge, a lot of, you know, great discussions that we had during those two years with you, Juho, and one year with Pano. So I think it's important to bring them up and make meaningful stories because at least I have learned a lot and get inspired from others who have been you know sharing their stories and inviting great guests and talk about very important topics in a school world. All right, what about you Pano? Yeah, say, same thoughts with Anton and um, as I said earlier it's um, it's good for everyone to go to their discomfort zone every once in a while and uh, I'm also really excited about the guests we are having here. Yeah, th that's something that we have in common because uh, I wanted to learn more about the guests and their ideology but I also wanted to have a forum to reflect my ideas something that I have done with both of you in Qatar already and I think those ideas have always been worth sharing and <laughs> this is the way to share those but hey come on our first guest what can you say about him without revealing too much yeah I can begin I met our first guest for the first time through a true meeting just after the work started at the QFI school the first impression was that he had a strong background working at the international level and he knew what to do unlike me <laughs> I was like <laughs> yeah it was like Totally another discomfort zone, at, at least in the beginning. And um, we didn't have much to do together with our guest, but uh, I heard him giving instructions and guidance to the newcomers. And a uh, few weeks later, after the COVID quarantine, we took the same ride from the hotel to COVID tests. And uh, before this, the language we used through two meetings was English, but at the gap filled with Finns, we changed the wording to Finnish. And uh, it was pretty funny to recognize the Tambere dialect from his speech. It isn't easy for me to recognize dialects in English, but this was so obvious, <laughs> like, like uh, with all tones and accents. It was also funny to see how language can change the whole first impression from this 
international expert to this international expert from Tampere. Yeah, that's so nice. Uh, for the international listeners, it's like talking in English and, and all in the sudden the partner you're talking with is, is speaking in Scottish or in, in Irish. So it's a way different way to speak. Hey, Anton, what about you? What do you remember about our guest? Yeah, the first time I met our guest was a little bit before he officially took charge of the of the ship. I vividly remember the situation uh, when I was actually applying for the open position inside the organization we worked all together. He was one of those who were putting some heat during the interview. Uh, however, from that 45-minute session, it was clear, it was really clear for myself at that point that this guy has knowledge, confidence and charisma when it comes to leadership. Or, let's say at least, he's very convincing. Good actor. Uh, but then, you know, yeah, good actor, definitely. But yeah, the first impression turned out to be correct uh, during the next academic year, uh, while I got the chance to keep working with him and see the elegance of well-planned, staggered and sustainable leadership touch, which actually wasn't that big surprise at the end of the day, because uh, he is also a well-known person in the music world. But hey, Juho, what about you? Can you tell a short story about the coming yeah, guest? Yeah, maybe I can do a short introduction about who our first guest is. With these words, we want to welcome him into our podcast. Our first guest is a Finnish musician, entrepreneur and educational expert who has deadly backspin and still thinks warmly of the 2006 version of Finnish ice hockey player Ville Leino. His hometown in Finland has a nice castle, which unfortunately isn't owned by him, at least not yet. Our guest has made his educational career in various leadership roles across the globe in Finland, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan and most recently as a general manager in Qatar Finland International School. His voice sounds also familiar because you might have heard him in your favorite TV commercial or that annoying repetitive mall announcement. When you're searching for a trailer voice for your new next movie, keep his number on speed dial. From the place known for sahti and stone masonry, this is Nikke Keskinen. Yes, so welcome Nikke to, to be our first guest of the show. How are things across the board and uh, life overall? Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm privileged to be the first visitor in in your podcast guys and, and, and nice to meet you again it's it's been a while uh, yeah now we are meeting online but nice to meet you still yeah life is life is pretty good here in qatar um we are we have only one week behind us for fully on-site learning as you remember well uh, we worked together last year on, on blended learning or or fully fully online. So after 500 days of blended learning and, and online learning, students are finally fully back at school. So it's kind of a, now one after one week of starting the new academic year, once again, 
uh, we've looked good. We've looked good. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, I, I'm sure that it's getting easier all the time, but also also challenges will ring up with this uh, on-site learning. But I'm sure like things are better at the school at the moment because you have hired some some uh, like um, professionals to our post, at least mine. <laughs> <laughs> Regards to Mr. Abdul. I, I heard he's playing also Padel and apparently he's better than me. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll tell. Uh, I'm not sure if he, he's already better in Padel than you, but, but yep, he's catching up and started a new hobby. But I will tell your regards to your yeah, uh, successor. <laughs> uh, but about you, we know that you have broad experience and knowledge in the field of education and especially in leadership. Uh, could you open up on where you began and how you ended up on the international level? Yes, so I, I still have less years on my belt regarding leadership than, than being a teacher. But I'm an old guy already and uh, like 15 years being a class teacher in Finland and then 10 plus years in, in educational leadership. So basically when, when working in Finland until 2018, I, I worked in basically all positions that you can, you can have. As a, as a master of education, a class teacher, and um, then I worked for uh, for the city of Hamelinna in in uh, uh, child and youth services administration, and then when also being there able and and privileged to to join uh, the family service administration as well, like like creating something inspiring and really new. Then at some point I, I just felt after working like eight years there, that now I have been doing all the possible decisions that I, I can actually have in, in domestic market. And then I got my first chance in, in 2018 in, in Kazakhstan. Yeah, thank you. Do you have any roots of inspiration for your leadership or, or was it just like that you, you saw the teacher job already, so you wanted to have a change and try something new. Yeah, the latter. I think the latter. So kind of also, yeah, working working um, kind of enough years as a teacher, and then wanting to try something else, and and finding that something inside you that maybe I have something to give in a leadership position as well. It is also about opportunities that. There's an opportunity, and and you are also lucky. Somebody else sees something in you, and then those kind of needs and 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 uh, opportunities meet. I have a hypothesis. I think that many Finnish teachers, their mindset is fixed on teaching and school. They they work and and. Probably the biggest change they see is that they they change the school inside the municipality. Could you give your thoughts about that idea? Um, first thing that came to my mind that that you you came to this from that angle is that yes, it, it's a great thing if a teacher is committed and and really seeing him or herself that I'm good at what I'm doing because that that commitment channels to to great performance. So you have to like your work. And when thinking about the teacher job nowadays, anywhere in the world, in Finland or here in Qatar, Finland International School, it's a hard job. Being a principal in Finland 
it's not so, you know, glorious uh, job. A lot of responsibility. You lose your teacher vacations and all that. And for example, salary compensation is not that big. To, to jump to the point that you would be leading an organization, leading a school, hopefully there are enough people to be recruited to those positions because also it's hard to get principals in, in those positions nowadays because, because the responsibility is so huge. And I understand teachers who could uh, re- uh, to be recruited into principal positions, but they don't apply. I understand that fully. And hopefully they channel all their energy and, and uh, know-how into that teacher position. It's a, it's a complex thing, but, but uh, yeah, from where I started, I think that everybody should be passionate about what they are doing, regardless. Actually, that's a great thinking. Uh, from that point of view that because we think always that most most of the time that when we are talking about a fixed mindset it's quite negative but you brought uh, you know positive perspective of that one commitment and wanting to do the job in the best possible way uh, based on based on previous you know conversations and topics about leadership and uh, educational field I would like to you know add one one extra question here why education field? I just somehow decided. I was 15, what, 15 or 16? And I, re- I still remember that classroom in that very school building where I made the decision. It would be nice, actually, at some point to visit that, that particular classroom. I got a responsibility from that teacher who maybe didn't even understand what is what is this guy doing in his old school? Old school, as as a dead uh, student, I was left there alone in the classroom. Like, okay, Nick, this is your class. It's was it geography or what was it? And see you, bye bye. <laughs> Let's just start it. I can and, see and some, a, something happened. Yeah, <laughs> I can see a reality show forming from that one. So this is Nick going <laughs> back to his old first uh, and this is where i got the thoughts that i will be a teacher <gasps> yeah yeah but that's true and then going through high school is i i didn't study that well in high school i did i had my my rock band just started at that point and a lot of other points of interest on my mind and heart when being 16 to 18 but but high school was was kind of a stepping stone to to this vision and, and dream that i i got on the ninth grade. Yeah, and definitely in this situation we we go back to what you mentioned how how did you you know become a principal about the opportunities. It's not always about yourself. So this teacher gave you the inspiration because usually, you know, maybe most of us teachers if I can use it that way, we have our own background. Parents. What about you? What about your parents? Did they work in school or no, my mom was a journalist and my father was a sailor. And I had that dream, maybe even one day before it, to be thrown in that classroom and having, having the new dream. I also dreamt of going, going out to sea. But, but um, yeah, maybe with my personality, this was better choice. <laughs> yeah, I also actually applied for being a sea captain, but... But I never went to the test. 
But um, you have worked a lot internationally. How would you compare different countries and educational fields like Finland, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan and Qatar? So first I started in Kazakhstan, Almaty, and then then in Baku, Azerbaijan, and now here in Doha, Qatar. Uh, everything and a lot of things have happened in, in three plus years. So I'm, I'm new to this education expert field. I'm a, I'm a newbie still. But going first to Kazakhstan, it was a super nice experience. I, I, knew, I knew basically nothing about the country. To be honest, I, I looked at the, that globe map. <laughs> I took it and where, where is Kazakhstan? And then understanding that, hey, this is a huge country. And actually, it's the, it's the biggest country without sea border and, and the ninth largest country in the world. And then I, then I uh, asked my friends, what, what do you know about Kazakhstan? The only thing that they knew was Borat. But I completely uh, fell in love with the country. Me and my wife and one of my children lived there for a year. But for us, uh, as a being pioneering uh, leadership and class teachery in a school that was established basically completely on project-based learning, which the school, to my understanding, still is, it, it was a huge opportunity to actually to look at Finnish national core curriculum the way that it could be in an extreme way. I, I learned that after my, my year, they had 20 to 30 different project-based learning processes going on at the same time. So when thinking about Finnish comprehensive schools, how many Monialan and Optimist organizers are there like going on all the time? I don't know how many, but, but not that many. And it, it was really inspiring for me as an educator to see that somebody is really doing something very, very Finnish already to a larger extent that I have experienced in my home country. And that, that, was, that was really nice. On the other hand, it's, it, it was a private school. Not everyone could attend to that school. And it, it was established by a people who wanted to make the best school in the country. About those countries, what were those things that you actually fell in love with? Nature and, and people. People's generosity, people being really open and, and social. So that part of me, even though I'm, I'm not a fan of small talk as such, like a typical Finn, but also something that I, I really wanted to, to meet there, something, seeing something uh, more than I am myself, that was really nice. Their interest to what me and my team brought to that school and that environment, that, that, was, that was really honest. They really wanted to learn. And of course, pushing us to learn from them. But then thinking about Finnish concept of education, as said many times, we cannot bring Finnish education system as such to anywhere. Because our, our system starts from the nursery. Your family services, everything, everything is so processed and, and, and secured and tax paid and all that. So the connection to, to, the system itself starts when you are a baby, when you are born. But in, in countries like Kazakhstan or Azerbaijan, there is no proof of, of certain tax-paid or, or uh, government-arranged uh, network. 
so the the market is so diverse and we are we are so secured and clear in finland in in many aspects so education export is about bringing the best possible pedagogical practices into new environments regarding the private education sector yeah and you already opened a little bit cultural differences between the countries based on that one <clears throat> i think you also saw the differences from the leadership position how people react to the leadership about the hierarchy which is in nowadays at least in my opinion in finland is like a bad word we want to use this shared leadership which is of course the goal but did you see differences and what kind of differences did you see from that point of view from the leadership point of view do we have some kind of similarities or differences yes a lot of differences but also similarities and and, and, and as i told you I'm, i'm a newbie in 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 this international uh, framework leadership still but but also have have a motto that i try to remember every day nikke always do new mistakes so because you you do mistakes a lot but please do new mistakes so what i learned there in 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 kazakhstan that i i trusted too much on our ethos of of trust so we promote ourselves which is inevitable and, and clear in finland that we trust teachers teachers are highly educated master level professional so i i kind of trusted too much i i presented them the way that hey this is me uh, i'm open to you and all that i trust you what in what you are doing i hadn't recruited them i, I didn't know all of them definitely and then after some months i realized that they had no idea what i'm talking about so that trust part it's it's something that it has to be built it's it's not there as a, as a default so to speak that taught me a lot and on the other hand it clarified one part of my leadership philosophy that you have to have a good individual relationship with your team members and through that kind of a relationship you can also rely on the trust part in finland we are so used to that thing that whenever we ask someone to do something he or she probably tells us that okay or then no i can't do it but in some other cultures there's this uh cultural thing that you just can't let down the one who's asking a favor from you whether you know how to do it or not yes and and uh some kind of what 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 was new to me was that there was a lot of fear behind working in a post soviet kind of mindset and and framework it, it was true that they just wanted orders do this guiding them without coaching to the area of thinking for yourself that was just too much for some people i was too fast with what i wanted to accomplish with those individuals and with those teams because i thought that they were prepared for me <laughs> but i should have made them prepared to me 
Yeah, that's actually something that we're going to talk in later episodes as well, probably more with the students, not just to tell them what to do, but to ask them questions. How would you do this one? Do you have some kind of, you know, basics and rit- or rituals or habits that you do every day to be a little bit better? Because I don't know if you guys have uh, read the book Atomic Habits or The Loop of Habits. There was quite nice sentence that all people, successful and unsuccessful people or companies or groups, they have the same goal. They want to be successful, but still small part is who become those successful organizations and, you know, individual ones. And the biggest reason is about the habits, something that they do differently than other ones. Okay, I, I'm not sure if... if... And if anyone is going to write this down or or make a book out of my my rituals or habits, or is this even a good thing to say? But some kind of magic happens in the morning shower. I talk to myself. I, I live here alone, at least at this point, so it's possible. I, I I tend to talk to myself in the shower, and I actually get my best uh, ideas uh, in the morning shower. You start your day. Like, like I know, Mr. Anton, you, you walk the dog and, and you, you also kind of talk to yourself there when, when, when thinking about things. Or, Pano, you, you go out sailing and, and, and you get, get yourself unwind and, and then new, there's a room in your head for new ideas. It happens, that magic happens to me in the mornings. And then I'm also kind of prepared for the day. And then I believe that after talking to yourself, uh, then you are ready to listen to everybody else. Because this position here, this is, or it should be mainly about listening to other people than talking to them. So that's why I, that's that's kind of my routine. It happens. And I also wake up. But, but I physically need to wake up with a couple of uh, cups of, a couple of mugs of coffee from my HBK mug here. <laughs> that's cool. But that's my ritual. Yeah. All right. So definitely something something to, to learn. Is it some kind of you know peep talk or motivational speech for yourself during the morning? Ba- basically, it's about what has already happened. How do I process them? And uh, I'm I'm explaining to myself uh, these these things. I mean, I'm I'm giving speeches to myself. I'm having a dialogue with myself, and I think it it relates to. Uh, when, I, when I worked in Finland, I, I had a long distance from home to working place, 45 minutes always to drive. So I did that same thing in the car. It, ha- it has helped to clear your thoughts. I, I have been also victim of this Mr. Anton, Anton's morning walks, <laughs> like receiving messages at 6 a.m. about something. And uh, it's time to get these crazy ideas like this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking with good, the dog. Good. Yeah. yeah, good. <laughs> and I think you said very well, Pano, about this. You know, it's a PD time that we actually learned in Qatar. We had always the yeah. PD time, personal development time. And, and that's the time for myself. You mentioned about the walking with the dogs. That's, that's true. But what I actually want to bring on again for all of us, those wise words, Nikke. Don't be humble in that sense because... The listening, everyone else, and that's based on one year 
you you can see it you can see it and after and most importantly active listening that's what you know at least from my point of view that i have been trying to pick up the best attributes from every leader and that's definitely yours that active listening and reaction not maybe straight away but after processing maybe after the morning morning shower the next day and you you are there so when thinking about leadership and and and, and the will willingness inside you that i i want to work well i i want to develop in this there's a there's a lot of good material uh, about good leadership basically everything is already written there's a lot of good material for you future leaders that that you can you can already look at that that this leads to that one and hey this would be suit, suitable for me Oh, this is something my organization definitely needs from me. I need to learn this. I, I try to implement this. So there are a lot of good material where you can you can mirror and reflect. And I think that's a valid point that you kind of raised up there. That my leadership that it's individual. Uh, there is not just one way of leadership. Yeah, they, they they are. It varies a lot. So. That's a good point. And how I would compress your thoughts from there, it's just um, importance of giving space and observing both others and yourself. True. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, it's it's um, because you are looked at as a leader anyway with a very critical eye every day. And uh, it's it's part of your work. I'm I'm looking at staff here, basically uh, in an equal eye. I I want to learn to treat everyone equally. I'm I'm not nice to this person and not nice to this person. I am I am what I am, the same way to everyone. And and but I am looked at in a very critical way. There are hundred people here, and they have hundred individual points of view how to look at me. And now, uh, of course, many people in our organization have been working here for for many years. This is our eighth year as an organization, as a school. Some people have worked here for six, seven, or even eight years already. They have had previous uh, principals and general managers here. They have something to compare to. And I have to deal with that as well. Trying to be here and now, but also understand that, that... some of my mistakes might might be heavier on them than on me. Of course, hopefully also the successes or, or changes that I, I lead here now. Uh, some people understand them faster and some people have uh, difficulties to understand them. Once again, giving time to things. Yes, thanks. Uh, there has been a lot of discussion about the need for an international sh- school for the children of foreign experts in Helsinki. Area. Do you think uh, this is going to happen in near future? Oh wow! Actually, I think you guys know more about that area. Uh, when kind of a taking it back here, uh, international schools are basically here, of course, private, and there has to be a client, a family, who is able to pay for the seat. So, in in Finland, I I think that there there should be the availability for international. Uh, families who work, for example, a couple of years in Finland. 
guys, what do you think about it? You you know what is it what it is. It's normal thing here to have a private school that that you are you are paying for the student seat. And then on the other hand, back there in Finland, basically everyone who comes to the country is entitled to have kind of free education. So I think you know more about that. It would be really interesting to hear your insights and what is possible and what is needed on the other hand. Yeah, if if I may begin from here as a non-Helsinki area teacher, I, I think the the main focus is on equality. We are trying to put it so that all the schools are equal in that sense, that you're not going to this bad school or this good school or anything like that. But on the other hand, I can see that Finland is growing to be more and more multicultural and multilingual place. And how can we be equal to those just moved to Finland, who those who don't know the language? Is it equal then? What I know is difficult in Finland is that the law of basic education, it's not really made for private sector. It's more like for these schools managed by municipalities. So that's like one difficulty for private schools at least. But let's say, let's forget about the Helsinki. Of course, the Helsinki is the biggest city in that sense, but we have many others ones, you know, in industry areas, IT in Oulu, for example, that they are growing, growing cities. The, the schools are needed there but what I think about the private private sector and what do you see guys because now most of the researches the latest one have been actually showing that the gap is growing in Finland the Finland was put on map on educational map because we have quite equal opportunities but right now the gap is actually you know slowly but still it's you know moving and there's a lot of differences where do you in which area the school is and what is in my opinion quite a dangerous sign is that it depends also who is your teacher i i read i read a book uh, flipped learning or flipped assessment uh, in finland which is written by marika toivola and she's a she's quite a leading expert in flipped learning and she mentioned so it's a it was a research done in Finland that it's more about in our days not the area not even the school it's more about the class and the teacher so we are having gaps there i agree mm. with you and and i know parents said that who did you get as as your math teacher they are they are asking their children those questions and then they are like oh no then we're going to have a hard time here at home it's the whole community thing it's it's the leader thing it's the staff thing the the worker thing to reflect your own doing and uh, kind of compare it to the to the norms and and methods that are used today yeah and here i would actually one question to nika from that point of view because yes we are individuals and we have that our own opinions but now from the leadership position, because if I compare, you know, private school that we, we have in Doha, then I also work in, I would call it semi-private school. Even in Finland, we are not having like private, private schools. They're still ruled by the municipality. And the biggest difference is that I noticed in municipality school, because we have this permanent deal, 
teachers quite easily can say that, you know, yeah, I have been doing this for last 10, 20 years. I will just go with this one for my last day. You know, leadership is quite a very difficult position to act, but still there's a good examples when leadership, you know, inspired the whole community and staff members to think differently. Mm-hmm. Then in the semi-private schools, I saw more unified, you know, idea because it was a sports school. It was profiled as a sports school and that was the main thing. And everyone were quite, you know, or most of the, you know, staff members, they were proud to use, you know, uh, college jacket, where it was the school name. And it was like a big thing for us. And then when I moved to Qatar, it was again, then totally different area in that sense, because it is a competition that we are not used in education because there's a lot of customers and they have the ability to choose and our payments are, you know, <laughs> uh, straight away contacted to that area, how many uh, students we have. So we need to be better. So that is driving us forward. I see from my point of view that in a pre- private school, it's maybe a little bit easier from the leadership point of view because you have a clear framework or is it so? I'm not saying that we so, need to fire yeah. everyone if they're not working. I'm not saying it that way, but still there's a little bit more mm. freedom to decide who is your in your team. True, true. Yes. Uh, two things. Um, so th- there is this wider organizational and leadership level, and, and then there is this individual level. So, yeah, I I fully agree that in... Whatever kind of school you are working for, as a teacher, as a principal, as as a janitor, doesn't matter. You have to be able to develop yourself and, and you should be guided to that and supported to that. So when thinking about teachers in working in a municipality school or, or city school, your job is secured. Basically, you have a permanent position. It cannot be so that you decide yourself that I, I, I don't need this and that. I don't need this and that development. And then it, then it goes to the leadership part. How does the principal lead the school? What he or she shows that these, these are the steps to be taken. And, and we as a, as a community and you as an individual would need this and that. So this individual responsibility, and, and as we talked in the beginning of this program about being passionate of something, you should be passionate. Don't be a teacher that has already actually gone to, uh, gone to your pension, but, but you forgot to tell anyone else. You still hang around there. Don't be that teacher, please. The mm, other yeah. thing is that, please have a look at the conversation now in Finland. I've been reading on a daily basis about the resourcing problems. Not only teachers can be blamed that they, they are now exhausted and, and uh, they are not supported. This goes to politics also. Is Finland as a country now securing enough financial uh, resources to make it through? Think about a school in, in a rural area where I live. There can be a school with um, 130 students and six teachers and one learning assistant. Think about the difference that it could make if there was a at least one resource teacher 
working for, you know, student differentiation and working for student support and all that. They can make it work with six, uh, six teachers and, and one uh, learning assistant. Yes, but think about the difference if the municipality or town decides on political level that, hey, let's put resource teachers uh, into these schools. It's a huge difference. I can promise. I've seen that. I, I know it. So two levels, organizational, is Finland resourcing enough to meet these needs for any international student coming to Finland or, or multilingual students and all that. I think we as a country, we, sh we should be able to work as it has been forever. So in that sense, there is no need for private schools in Finland. We should sec secure the bigger scale. And then, yes, once again, repeating myself, individual responsibility to grow and develop. It's always there. And also to frame the work, to, to know what is your main focus in that sense, especially when we are thinking about the resource teachers. What are you hired for? And uh, I have a question. Uh, do you think that it should be written in the work contract that you are entitled to develop your knowledge? Hmm. Yeah, actually, there in in Finland there isn't actually work contracts saying saying many things. It doesn't say basically anything, and and that's the part that you are. Yes, you are qualified. You are master level. You you are good already, and and that, that's a, that's a good framework. But these things should be communicated very clearly inside the inside the school, inside the organization. So what are the expectations? I I did my first rehearsal regarding this in the beginning of this academic year. I openly told everyone here my expect expectations to myself, to my uh, senior management team, so my team, and then to the whole school level. So everybody knows the expectations. And then all the staff members wrote their own success stories and expectations to themselves, to their teams, to their own supervisors. That should be the starting point. How how can you evaluate the progress, if anything, without clear goals and expectations? So yes, I think Mr. Juho, it should be there in, in the backbone, and maybe also written in the contract. ideas and you brought up about you know the balance I think balance between the leadership and community and individual ones and now because you have been doing quite many years already you mentioned it's more more than 10 years leading different teams and groups that's not a secret that three of all of us want to be at some point some kind of leaders so and maybe there's someone else listening us can you bring up some qualities or practices again? What do you think is a good leadership and how you can achieve it? Yeah, and, and, and thank you for asking this because this is also, yes, a theoretical part, but also also kind of a uh, list 
for myself and and hopefully it could it could help any anyone to think about their own leadership and goals or future goals so i i, I wrote something down and i think these these things are are important when thinking about good leadership so if you are able and in a position to recruit people not only inheriting all the staff that okay this is now your staff lead this but if you are in a position to recruit new people or started building a school from the scratch try to recruit people that, that are better than you more talented than you like best of the best surround yourself with people in everyday life that are better than you i think maybe it's it's something regarding my age already but i have accepted that i'm a mediocre person <laughs> so it helps me a lot uh, when i understand that i don't have to be the best the super talent in this i try to surround myself with super talents whenever it's possible as a leader i have learned to openly show my own growth path and mistakes it is important to see the value of mistakes i i don't need to hide if i make something wrong i openly admit it like like in basketball isn't isn't that you you raise your hand okay my mistake okay let's go forward what what did we learn from it then stating clearly your expectations to yourself and to the organization like what we did in the beginning of this academic year so all the development discussions and all the all the steps that now are to be taken in order to support staff members are related to those success stories and expectation stories that every single individual wrote to themselves and to their own supervisor in the beginning of this academic year there is no other processes it's only about that and their individual pd programs that they have uh, created with the supervisor uh supervisors in our school are academic principals mainly so my my team members and and then it's about inspiring your team members try to find individual strengths and guide them to learn more like like challenging individuals with love i i use also the word love <laughs> a lot here in arab context i have to be very very careful with it but I, people understand when i when i when i talk about uh, its pedagogical love with teachers and and students and its kind of development and progress uh, when we are talking about adult level communication let individuals come to you be an easy person to approach to. how 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 can you like expect something like that from your team members or from your teachers if you are not showing example and um then something about the future when hopefully artificial intelligence is is doing a lot of technical work and and maybe we all will see one day when there is a working <laughs> working uh, school management system what would we have these vilmas and ed admins and, and digital campuses whatever we have I want to see still when I live a day that there is a working one fully functioning <laughs> program and then we could concentrate on people we could concentrate on encountering to ourselves and and communicating people to people and then you should be able to recognize people's feelings 
So understanding uh, individual, there has to be a relationship with your team members. And in, fin in Finnish, we have this beautiful word, parastamine. As I said, like in music, the best songs are already made. The new songs are combination of previous good songs. So try to find good practices and make them better with your team. Don't try to invent the wheel again every time. And as a leader, um, I think you should create an environment that any individual should be able to talk about anything with you, anything work-related. There are no things that are so covered or so mysterious that they couldn't be talked about. And the question, how can I help you? I'm here for you, like you are here as a teacher for, for students. They don't work for me. I work for them at the end of the day. Yeah, and forgive. Forgive to yourself and forgive to others. So these are the things that came to my mind when I wrote them down about about good leadership. Yeah, based on those ones, very important ones, it's easy to say that our current core curriculum in Finland is actually quite good because those are the cornerstones of that one that we want to teach and guide our students to do. Because there's a, I see that there's a quite a lot of similarities between us working professionals and students in that sense. Yeah. Because yeah, definitely, we are on a different different levels. Uh, you know, accepting like you mentioned that in Kazakhstan, people were not ready to take that big role. When, we, when it comes to trust, for example. Yeah. And by the way, do you know what the similar between you and Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool manager? Um, we both love the team, uh, but I don't work for the Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And you have the same ideology in that sense, because after they won the UCL Cup, he mentioned that the staff is actually better than him and he's learning from them. So that humble, which is a good one, I think that Finns and Finland should spread it around the world. But at the same time, also that, you know, proud of my own work, because even you have people around you who are better. If you can't inspire them, then it's, you know, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. So definitely there's a both ways going on that, uh, respecting yeah. and, and working, working together. Yeah, true. I think that uh, the ways that you spoke about the leadership, they are also connected to the shared leadership model. As we know, it is practiced in Qatar Finland International School as well. You opened already the ideology of that one, but is there still something that you would like to add? If, if we think about uh, organization or community that isn't that familiar with the shared leadership, now, how would you promote it to that kind of community? When thinking about our our school, Qatar Finland International School, so we are uh, in, here in my office. We are like the municipality education office and the school leadership office at the same time. So, huge amount of my work is related to cooperation with the Ministry of Education on a state level. That's why. A lot of like daily leadership things are now directed 
to my academic principles and administrative principles. So our leadership is, is well resourced. There has been challenges. We, we, are, we are challenged by uh, certain finance aspects due to pandemic, even though working here in one of the most richest countries in the world. But still, we have had to make cuts. That's normally in a Finnish context, the school office work and then principals in school use the budget that they are given. So there are like two, two high-level offices in, in the same here in our school. When thinking about Finnish context in Finland, definitely the team leader uh, structure that we have here is, is good. It should be promoted better in Finland. And then once again, I truly hope, I, I'm a Finn, one day I'm coming back. I truly hope that our country, our government would resource the schools and early childhood education better than it is now. Then there could be maybe modern new work contracts. It, it should be changed to working hours like, like we are working here. We are really well-resourced school and it's not maybe fair to compare our school to, to finish basic education tax-paid schools. But when thinking about the structure, there should be enough money to, to resource teachers who are more passionate for development, more passion, passionate to share and, and show the way, an example, there should be some kind of better team leader structures in Finnish schools. Yeah, and a little bit more about that team leader structure. It's not enough, in my opinion, that we only have those team leaders, but we also need to have time for the teams to have those conversations yeah. amongst the teams. Yeah, definitely. And 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 when already talked earlier in the beginning of this podcast, why aren't there enough Uh, multidisciplinary projects going on because the planning time for that is not allocated. Actually, it's not paid. So Finland is now somehow working and expecting high results with very, you know, tight and limited packages. Something big should be done in the background to make it possible. You mentioned already those individuals who are passionate about the things and you truly need to be passionate towards something to do it without getting paid yeah there's there's always always it's about balance but how how to recognize and reward the work if some somebody is doing more for the organization for for our others also to flourish yeah i think i think some path is now gone through also in finland some structural changes and resourcing changes definitely are needed and if you take you know Positive sign from that point of view. I I started my leadership uh, program in 2016, and I remember when University of Uvascula mentioned that now there's a national program which started in 2015 to develop on national level the leadership. So at least from that point of view, there's some kind of changes. Of course, resources and time should be you know discussed. And critic, uh, critically, you know, evaluated because now there's not enough. I saw the latest researches where, where it was said that um, in Finland, the difference between high school teachers and salary and early education teacher after 10 years, the difference is 50%. So developing is not on the same line. And the most important work, or let's say foundation, which leads to good results in high school is still uh, started 
on that early education level. So many mm. many changes should be should be done, and maybe maybe politics will will react at some point because now it's we are going in the wrong direction. We are relying too much on those who are active and they want to you know develop. But at the same time, the latest research is saying that sixty percent was you know thinking to switch. Yeah. From the from the school teachers, they want to switch their you know jobs. So that's that's a huge amount. Yeah, that's that's a real red flag, and and I I I don't think that paying teachers more would solve the problem. Having more teachers, having more people there, is the answer. Otherwise, the problems wouldn't go away. And yes, it's it's possible that in a in a comprehensive school there can be a teacher whose paycheck is bigger than the principal. It's possible that you, as a small school teacher principal, you are paid for that principal full responsibility part of your work. You are paid like four hundred and fifty euros a month brutto, and after taxes, you end up like having ten euros a day being a principal. So it's it's, it's not, not worth thing. it. No, no. Why? Why would you lose your <laughs> uh, teacher vacations for that? So yeah, structural correction should be made. Anton mentioned about career changers, but what do you think that, as a leader, what are the most difficult situations or topics you need to handle with? Huh. Maybe once again, uh, there's organizational level and then individual level. Organizational level difficulties, they take a lot of time regarding, for example, financial issues or strategic changes in in the way how the school is operated. It takes a lot of time. And especially now, as I already said, uh, this current experience, it has been only about crisis management regarding the pandemic. It has been so much stricter here, as you remember, than, for example, in Finland. this a COVID-19 time. Now, seeing some light there at the end of the path, uh, restrictions are now lifted gradually. Now, one week after returning to fully on site, it, it gives mental strength to people to believe that, okay, maybe... Maybe this will last and maybe the pandemic is, at least to some extent, already over. So there are these organizational level difficulties and, and problems and processes to do. But then still, you really have to be able to support an individual with, with well-being and, and some problems that a person has. What, what can I do to, to support this individual in this hard situation? Whatever it is. Coming, coming from the work or coming from private life. We are humans here. And then again, the, the other side of uh, leading individuals, there might be no problems or, or no difficulties from your out-of-work life. But then again, how to, how to motivate, how to make an individual see the responsibility to grow. If there is a, like, something that you as a leader, you see, uh, that this should be better, then how, how do you motivate a person to, to see the same thing? One of my favorite quotes is, is, people don't always know what they don't know. And how to make them know what they don't know, that's the first step for any progress. 
I think those areas are the are the most difficult. But yes, part of leader's life. Wow, uh, it's difficult to comment anything. We, we are we are diving so deep in this. Guys, help me out. Uh, just need to time to reflect and think because because the, the, those are the things definitely, Nick. Uh, you are you are expressing and telling. They are happening every day, and that's why I think you know, all of all four of us are you know inspired and uh, want to do the leadership job because it's so huge it's so various the whole field is so various you need to get together with different kind of people with different kind of goals ambitions but at the same time to remember that we have a organization goal and how to go forward to it and at the same we need to understand yes but for how long that that's something that i have been you know reflecting and Mm. thinking that for how long we need to understand because there's, you know, at some point we need to leave and move forward. But I think that comes with the, you know, experience that comes with the, I mean, experience when you handle those situations. Because sometimes you see that people are, you know, rising up after difficulties. And then in other situations, they actually, there's not, not kind of any kind of change happening. So where is the point to move on and do, and do those, mm-hmm. you know, critical moves? From the individual point of view, yeah, yeah, and and if, if somebody, if, if I start like designing backwards, if somebody, for example, decides to change their working place re- regarding some employer's uh, decisions or, or guidelines or directions, I I truly hope that before any decision like that, uh, the, there has been a process of listening and trying to have mutual understanding of what's going on but it would be really useful and helpful if every stakeholder in that process principal teacher employer employee understand that we are working for something greater than we are ours as an individuals so we are always working for something greater than ourselves that that would be really really helpful people are as a default we are selfish but how to kind of uh, limit your selfishness when you are at work? Yeah, and then, then there's uh, this kind of problem. I don't know if if the problem is the correct word between the taking care of yourself and and putting the limits and boundaries, how much you can do, and then thinking as as wide as the organization goes. It is probably going to be a topic of tomorrow. Well, it's definitely a topic of today because I hear every day, but I can't do that because I need to have borders for my work. And as I see the, the, the thing that if we do this one together, it would benefit the whole community or our work in the future. And it is difficult for me to try to understand when my point of view is that now you don't see the forest from the trees. Mm, yeah. Uh, one thing related to this, Mr. Juho, is actually written on, on the wall here in my office. And it's in Finnish, it's called Vaikuttamisen Keha uh, ideology. And uh, th- this is one guideline for myself and what I would like staff members in our organization to learn uh, because there's always employer and employee. We are not equal to the end of the world. That, that's the fact. 
and uh, there are organizational goals and needs and and the fact is also that you cannot please everyone in every situation so this vaikuttamisen keha thing that is is written on my wall it looks like a tikkataulu there <laughs> so in, in in the inner circle it says that here in the center in the bullseye are the things and processes and issues you can have your influence on and you can decide like from teacher's perspective every action in your classroom you are a great leader you decide and you have the biggest influence on what you are doing that's the core of the school and then on the second layer there are things processes issues you can have your influence on but you cannot decide and then the third layer is that things processes issues you can partially have your influence on but you cannot decide and or maybe the second and third are now in reversed order but but the outer layer is that there are things processes and issues you cannot have your influence on and you cannot decide when thinking about the teacher job the the core the bullseye is your everyday work and yeah. there you are a great great leader great leader and for those two listeners of us which are, are <laughs> probably our families and then nick afterwards uh we are going to link that um circles of influence or how do you how would yeah. you translate it we will link it somewhere near the podcast yeah when you grow big and you have your own website and, and the building office building and all that then you can then you can have these murals there <laughs> and it, of course it will come from us We are not going to mention that was uh, Nick's idea. It's, we are going to, of course, steal it because you mentioned about that self selfness of the people and the book hint here before we move on to our final part. I don't know, guys, have you heard about Adam Grant, who is social psychologist and he has been writing quite many books and researching how to promote striving forward mindset and open mindset in companies and organizations and he has a book give and take and in a nutshell it's quite interesting that he's dividing people in three category givers takers and those ones who are between and the takers are you know those ones who are you know very selfish they are taking the best ideas from everyone else but they're not sharing And he's comparing who is more successful. And based on his researchers, the givers seems to be those ones who are, you know, they are not in a spotlight and they are not taking too much about, they are not talking too much about themselves. But they are, at the end of the day, most influential and, you know, most successful people. Of course, you need to have that selfishness to go through the rankings. But the more you give, the less selfish you are, the more you help everyone else and then they will help you. So that's mm, something yeah. at least in, that you have been talking about, about the organization, making the balance and, you know, promoting that environment. And based on one year, again, I need to say it's sad that we are not there because it started and we saw it, you know, the beginning, the small glimpses. And now, now when the crisis hopefully is over, You can have all time to, you know, focus on that one and promote your idea about, you know, open mindset company and organization. 
Would it be so, Mr. Anton, yeah. that there's a whole world waiting for us? Let's one day establish a new school somewhere. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously, our our company, Educluster Finland, we have a we have already gained a lot of experience how to work in different kind of environments. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, thank you, Nick, for this morning PD. You actually made me write down a few bullet points to think. <laughs> yeah, there was many good ideas. Final questions. If there would be one superpower you would like to add to your toolkit as a leader, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, that um, perseverance in, in a way that I wouldn't be so impatient with myself and, and with other people. And I think that That is my challenge, and I, I just need to focus on on looking at certain situations. Am I here now? Is this the moment that I'm too impatient? Is this something that I should give more time to another stakeholder to do their part? That kind of <laughs> visionary superpower, I I could have a I could have a lot of use for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's keep going with the easy ones. Let's imagine, Nick, and that you are done with the leadership. Let's say it that way. You bought that castle from Hamelinna. You have a lot of, you know, time to spend there. You know, reconstruction and everything. And you have been now leading quite many different organizations and teams. Can you name two to three things that you want that those people and more communities will have after your spells as a leader? First thing coming to my mind, without without thinking much beforehand, any any question like this, I believe in in an ideology where it says that people will forget what you have told them, but they will not forget how you made them feel. And uh, I, I'm a humanist in in that sense. I'm I, I'm not a <laughs> businessman who who has uh, too cold heart for stuff. I want to. I want to believe that we we can make each other better by being good to each other. That's what I I would like people to remember. And then the remembering part is not essential, but how that possibly changed themselves, how they pay forward what they learned, and then again showing the example of of being able to listen and and encourage the other part because. If there is a task to be done, how how I was able to coach the other part to do the best? Yeah, it sounds like uh, it's the same that I think we all have as our ideology for the kids as well to focus on the positive things. It's difficult, and many times it's way easier to just complain about the things that aren't working because then you kind of build the bond with your colleagues because you share those same difficulties but still yeah. i think that it's not a good way of bonding yes you share those thoughts but they are negative thoughts and then it begins to just circle and then kind of that void eats your whole community up if it gets too big yeah true it's psychological cohesion it's it happens Like Kaisa Vuorinen brilliantly in Finland says that feed the good, so the good grows. Definitely. 
All right, so my final question would then be, what would you still like to accomplish? Let's cut this half in, in two parts, in, in your personal life and also career-wise. Career-wise, actually, it already came up here. So I really would like to, uh, even though not having, have never had long-term goals, I've never had them. And, and still, I've been rocking and rolling already <laughs> 30 years in working life. I don't know where I, where I will be in five years. I don't know. But if, if it would be possible to establish a school from the scratch, that would be professionally really inspiring. Utilizing everything that I have learned about education, teaching, learning, leadership, Utilizing and starting from the scratch, you know, from the recruiting the people and all that. That could be awesome. I don't know if that, that would be possible, but maybe being closer to that kind of dream now that working in education export, that is more possible working now abroad than it could happen in Finland. I sent a message to Putin, so let's see, maybe, maybe tomorrow he's able to answer. We can open the school in Moscow. St. <laughs> Petersburg is nice town as well. Yeah, it's it's clo- close <laughs> close to Finland. Yeah, and and, and of course personally, uh, my kids are adults already. The the fourth, the youngest one, is already also sixteen, and they they are leaving home. It's interesting to see what happens with my with my wife in in the next couple of years. How and where will we live? And we are in this kind of a uh, personal interesting situation that kids are kids are flying out of out of the nest so what to do with our house and where we'll be settled uh, I don't know <laughs> but maybe re- uh, personal goals are maybe related to that alrighty thank you and this was start I think we can keep going on and on but we definitely will find time to sit down and go deeper Thank you, Nick. It was definitely a pleasure to have you here to listen to those thoughts. And now after a short period that we haven't been, you know, being working together, it's nice to take another position, not being, you know, as an employee Employee. there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. sure. And and, uh, yeah, I I missed last year and, and what we got started. So hopefully, hopefully one day we can, we can continue where we left and, and happy to support this idea, this initiative. This is a this is a really great idea, this podcast. And I, I have never visited any podcast before. So thank you for inviting me to your program. Thank you guys. Yeah, for sure. So if we make the cut, you have three pretty good vice principals to come here on the other other side of the world. Yes. Yes. True. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Nika. Thank you, guys, Pano, Anton, and Juho, and, and greetings to Finland. Have a, have a great autumn. And greeting, greetings to the school also. Yes, I, I will tell yeah. This This was the best possible uh, way to start a new working week here. And uh, teachers and students are on their midterm break. So really nice to talk with you.